Do you need a mic? No. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Well, thanks for coming. I know it's... Um, thank you so much for being here and for all those who were here last week. Well done. Two in a row. It's amazing. By church statistics, you should be like an apostle, I think, by modern day... Um, no. Sorry, that's very sarcastic. Um, but no, genuinely, thank you so much for being here, for making it a priority. Um, if you weren't here last week, um, definitely have a listen to, um, love to encourage you to listen to it um, online, just a podcast of sort of, we, we just basically shared a little bit of, of our, our own story, but, but um, kind of shared that with, within the context of really a deeper stirring um, from God that we're really he's he's been inviting us collectively into into a season of I think like really recommitting or reinvesting into um, into love is basically what we said last week that that idea or the the invitation to look through the world look through um, our relationships look through our neighborhoods, our families, our workplaces, um, wherever we find ourselves to look through the lens of opportunity. And I shared last week about that um, beautiful bird, the Piwaka Waka, and um, I love that bird. I've decided I'm going to find a painting somewhere beautiful and hang it in my house to remind me. Um, so the Piwaka Waka is such an amazing bird to look at as to how, a live a, how to live a life through the lens of opportunity. Because most birds, as we know, will fly away when we approach. But the Piwaka Waka, oh, I wonder what that was. <laughs> so I thought it was a bird. <laughs> um, will, rather than fly away, they will fly towards risk. And that's what we were sharing last week about um, us as a church being brave enough to do that. So just to refresh us, Lennon's just going to look back on those four points we looked at of why we should look through the lens of opportunity. So if you weren't here again, but, but if you were, just a real reminder that, that um, those four portions of scripture, that idea of why, why do we look through or why can we be a, a people who look through the lens of opportunity? The first being because the Father is still at work and he's still asking the same question, who will go for us? Whom shall I, whom shall I send as a messenger? The second being from, from Esther, who knows if perhaps you or we were, were made for such a time as this. And then the third was, was um, Jonathan, that what if we take a step into, you know, whatever that is, whatever, what if we take a step into it? Maybe something extraordinary could happen. And it's that idea that God always backs faith. You know, when we step out, he's always there to, to back that, to, to meet us in those places. And finally, because the world is crying out for help. And we saw that in, in Acts, that, um, that invitation that Paul, heading on, on his missionary trip, his church planting trip, and just feeling again and again this sort of hitting this barrier of not being able to go where he felt to go, and then having this dream, and a man from Macedonia in his dream crying out for help. And there's this idea of why do we be a people who look through the lens of opportunity, and it's because our world is still crying out for help. They may not know, they may not be, you know, don't expect someone to say... <laughs> 
you know, walk up to you and say, hey, help me, but, but maybe do accept it, expect it. But, but what it is, is what, what I mean by that is our world is still looking. They're still searching. Like, like nothing that, that the world holds up as being satisfying and, and fulfilling and, and those things that, that nurture and, and really is the, are the very essence of our soul, they, they will not be found anywhere else but in Jesus. So why be people who, who look through the lens of opportunity? It's because our world is still crying out for help. They still haven't found what they're looking for, to quote you too. How many people thought it straight away? I'm, even, I'm not even that big of a fan. I know. Oh, I've lost the whole crowd. Uh, the too hard work of vision casting is gone. No, I... And, you know, we, we shared um, in that as far as, this is last week, sorry, this quick, quick recap, is really one, one of the first sort of areas that we really felt of, like, what does this look like um, being outworked um, for us as, as a group of people was, was to introduce um, our new, or a new leadership team, in addition to all of the leadership that already happens. I just wanted to take an opportunity to, to acknowledge Dej, um, who has been um, worship pastor, worship leader for, for a coordinator, I guess. We've never really landed on a great title for it, um, but other than extraordinary, do you know? Like, and, and, and people like Tammy and Grace, who, who oversee Tribe, and Niall and Sam, who, who oversee youth. And it's that idea of it's more than an idea. It's, it's the, the outworking that, that leadership, certainly in the context of Maharangi Vineyard, is a call to leadership, is a call to servanthood. It is about, it is about serving people. Um, and that sense, more than I guess sense, but that knowing that you're called to it. You know, when we invited people, that, that team to sort of pray is our invitation. I almost kind of did the opposite of a sales pitch. I kind of like set everything up for them to like, this is a good reason to say no. This, this is all that, that could be. But, but the one thing we did really ask each of them is to really, really seek God and say, am I called, are we called to do this? For this season of our life, for, for whatever that looks like, for as long as we know, are we called to do that? And, and for us, um, we didn't say last week, but certainly those, those reaching out to those people was actually a really vulnerable thing to do. You think last week was vulnerable. We found that way harder because you think, oh, like, what if they say no? You know, then what? You know, and and so so we had to rely on it, uh, on the fact that actually, God's God knows what He's doing, and we can actually trust Him. Mm. <laughs> I, you guys are way better than me because I have to remind myself a lot of actually I actually have to trust Him, and I can, and He actually is trustworthy. You know, for Angela and I, we were, we were either younger or at least the same age as half that group um, when we started 14 years ago. And there is absolutely no way we would still be here today. And some of you are wishing, oh, you know, <laughs> sorry. But, you know, there's the only, I think, would you say, you better agree with me, we're I up front. Um, but I think it's that sense of we knew that we knew that we knew we were called to do this. 
And it's something that we, we often, particularly in hard times, we seem to revisit that question a lot to God. You're like, Are you sure? Um, but it's that sense of how else would we be here 14 years? It's been 14 years. But how else would we be here? Oh, that was, sorry. Love fruit, I'm sorry. Um, but how else would we be here still loving God, like genuinely loving and seeking God, loving people, like genuinely loving others, and, and most awe-inspiring is still loving His church. Like, I love the church. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's that sense of call. It comes back to that sense of knowing that you're called. And so today, that was kind of all last week, but today we really want to share um, how we go forward. And I'd love for us to use, um, if you've, so if you've got a Bible or a device with a Bible on it, Angela's just going to read um, Luke 5, um, 1 to 7. So or you I'm can look at it on the screen. Reading from the New Living Translation. One day, as Jesus was preaching on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, Great crowds pressed in on him to listen to the word of God. He noticed two empty boats at the water's edge, for the fishermen had left them and were washing their nets. Stepping into one of the boats, Jesus asked Simon, its owner, to push it out into the water. So he sat in the boat and taught the crowds from there. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Now go out where it is deeper and let down your nets to catch some fish. Master, Simon replied, we worked hard all last night and didn't catch a thing, but if you say so, I'll let the nets down again. And this time, their nets were so full of fish, they began to tear. A shout for help brought their partners in the other boat, and soon both boats were filled with fish and on the verge of sinking. What we're asking for, for um, all of us, so if you consider Maharangi Vineyard your church family, um, what we're asking for us to do now is to join with us in a season of prayer and seeking God, to, to go deep, to push out. I love that same scripture in, in the message says it this way, that verse, now push out into the deep water and let your nets out for a catch. That's what we're asking of us to do. Is, is we, are, we are asking that we make space in our schedule. I'm asking you to l put some things down and pick up prayer. Pick up seeking God. And I'm asking us to do it together. Prayer that, would, prayer that, that prayer would be our focus and our priority over this next term of really seeking God together. Sorry, I'm getting used to these glasses. I'm not a fan yet. Um, so yeah, we've got some. We've put some things in place practically to make this happen, and we just see it as part of opening ourselves up again. Like I shared last week, for me anyway, the last season of my life has very much been one of hunkering down and um, closing in to kind of feel safe, really. But this whole idea, no, it's not an idea, it's what we've really felt as, as a church, that we would open ourselves up again and we would pray. 
And we so believe that in praying individually and corporately that Jesus is going to meet us. We've planned, um, thanks to Deirdre and the team, we've got two worship and prayer nights planned. On the One's on the 25th of August and one is on the 15th of September. And both of these will be over at the factory at 7.30 and we would love you to come to these because what we experience here is, um, is wonderful in worship but when we have just a completely dedicated time to worship and seek God. Really special things happened. And we've got connect groups planned for this term. There's lots of different connect groups happening, but we do have four, I think it's four, that are mm. just purely focused on prayer. And I was really, um, when I was preparing this, I really felt to say, like, if you haven't been in a connect group for ages, or if you feel like you don't need a connect group, can I really just challenge you to re-look at that thinking? Um, for this next season for us, because we would so love you to be involved. There's something about, you may feel like you've got a really great network of people around you and you don't really need that, but could I encourage you to do it for the other, for the people who don't have, you know, a lot of connection around them, for them to be able to go to a place and to encounter you, and that that would be a really great experience for them. I think it's something that... Um, it's an opportunity that we can fly towards because something happens in a connect group that will never happen in this room. There's an intimacy in a small group that just can't be replicated. And we really want this to be an intentional part of us opening up again. So I just wanted to quickly this morning ask those who are leading connect groups to just stand up so you can see their faces and I'll let you know what that, um, which groups they're leading. So the prayer groups, which will be loosely based around Pete Gregg's 24-7 prayer course, which we have done years ago, and it is brilliant. They don't have to, you can spend all night praying, that'll be fantastic. Um, so on Monday night, it is Lyndon and Angela Rife in Algies Bay, so that's us. Um, Tuesday nights, Kevin and Cherry Robertson, can you stand you guys? They are in Snell's Beach, they have been running a fantastic connect group already, and so this is just um, doing But the these are all one. open, so, so um, yeah. Uh, Wednesday nights, Lee and Sherilyn. Sherilyn's over at Tribe. Here's Lee. They're in Walkworth. Thursday nights, Rod and Shona. Dimmick in Snell's Beach. So those are the groups that are going to be looking at prayer. And then also happening this term is Christine Coote here. Yep. Yeah, she Christine is. is going to be running the um, Soul Talk series, which we did a long time ago too, which is kind of the mental health um, the importance, really, of looking at our mental health. So Christine's going to be running that on a Wednesday night in Snell's Beach. That group just runs for four weeks. So if you're, if that interests you, that would be great. Matt Durand runs a guys group um, on a Tuesday night. Matt's not here today. But the detail, all of these details are on the webpage, so don't, you don't have to scramble it down. Um, Mark Alley and Steve Pound, the legends that are the car racing group. Yes. <laughs> Um, they do their group on a Tuesday night in LG's and do just such an incredible job. And finally, there's the Cookbook Club, which is Lyndon's group. Um, which I'll do a plug. So we're meeting tonight, and what we do is every once a month we meet. Um, the host chooses, although this is a little bit different, um, someone chooses either a website, a YouTube channel, a cookbook, something like that around food, and then everyone comes having cooked something from that website. So if you love to cook, love to be a bit adventurous, really, really highly recommend it. I have um, done 
red wine beef cheeks tonight. Mine will be tonight, which is the first time I've ever cooked beef cheeks, and it looks pretty good, doesn't and it? It smelled amazing, amazing all day yesterday. So, yeah, so those are the groups, um, and they're all online, ready for you to sign up now on the www.maharingavinia.org. Um, we really do feel like this is a season of pushing out into the deep, and we really, really want to encourage you to be a part of it. We've printed these little... Oh, there. You like a... Um, what do you call those people? Um, and these are just a guide for you. In there, they've got the dates for the prayer and worship nights. They have the reminders in there of why we're praying through the lens of opportunity. They have space for you on the back to write down anything you feel that God might be saying. And finally, inside, we have some specific areas that we really want you to be praying for, and that's what Lyndon's going to speak into this morning. And just before I do that, we really do um, want this to be a season of collaboratively seeking God together. Um, already, do you have that? Can you read that Acts um, scripture out? We've already just had someone, um, a couple of really um, people just email throughout the week, which thank you so much for all your encouragement from last week. But someone just emailed this, this thing out of, this scripture out of Acts um, that I think it would be just so lovely to hear. But, but what I imagine is that I'd love for this to be kind of a, um, a building, a sense of building. So we'll have a, a box or something if you want to write it on here, but my email address is on there as well. If you just, um, as we're praying and as we're seeking God together in our own times, but in, in collectively together, um, be really aware that of, of jotting down the things that God might be speaking to you about. It doesn't have to be full, complete pictures, but, but it's amazing that this sort of came even before um, we had announced or even done anything about this, this, um, this sense of being drawn into a season of prayer and someone sent me this this um, scripture from Acts Acts 17 verse 26 to 27 from one man he made all the nations that they should inhabit the whole earth and he marked out their appointed times in history and the boundaries of their lands God did this so that they would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him though he is not far from any one of us so encouraging, eh? Like, and I imagine that, you know, how, how for me, that was incredibly faith-building. This was weeks ago, wasn't it? No, it was last week. Oh, it was last week. I always exaggerate. Yeah, it was two years ago. Honestly, I didn't even know. No. Um, but so encouraging. And, I, and that's why we've created that space. That's why we really do want you to take, take um, believe that you're actually going to be part of, of the the picture or the pulling together of the picture of of what it is to be um, stepping or living through the lens of opportunity. So please take advantage of that. So what Angela said now is I'd love to just to go through um, some of these major points that we'd love for us to really focus in on. And this first is our friends, our family, our neighbors. These are things that we'd love to, over this next term of praying, is to pray for them. And, and I've purposely purposefully chose this is to pray that they would have a life enriching encounter with Jesus you know Jesus is everything like he really is like he's he's everything he makes all of the difference and and the things that really change and and you see people I've, I've got my own brother in in my life of of he's that thing of where whenever I get a little bit cynical slash a lot, a lot cynical of, of living a life of, of faith, I, all I have to do is remember my brother who, who was, from my perspective, so far from God, so, so like 
and we didn't get on at all as children. It was, yeah, he was terrible. I was amazing. Um, but but one day in the middle of Montana in in his truck, and I don't know if it really was Montana, but it was in the middle of America somewhere, alone in the in the middle of nowhere in his truck. Jesus came and sat next to him in the passenger seat of his, of his truck. He drove to the next truck stop, bought a Bible, and literally his life has never been the same since. His, the, the life of his wife and of his children, it's not even an internet story. I, like, I know them. Like it's, and, and that is what, what I'm asking you to pray like I'm not and I think we have to have a more generous orthodoxy that we're not just praying people pray a prayer that actually isn't even in scripture that they give their life to Jesus so one day when they die they'll go to heaven no let's pray that Jesus encounters them now and their life will never be the same from that moment on and the and the people around them will be changed and their world will be changed and their children and their children's children will be changed That's number one. Number two is that we press in and we lean. Like, we're going deep. Like, this is, like, God, we really genuinely believe God is calling us into deep water. And this is deep. Like, that we, we pray, that we commit this next term of, of praying together for, for healing and for restoration. For physically. Like we go deep, we pray for those things that even if we've prayed for it for, for years and years and years and we've given up praying, that this next season we pray again. We lean in again. We trust again. Relationally. Like we all have it. We all have those relationships in our life that we, oh God, we need you to come. We want you to come. Maybe we don't even want you to come, but we know you need to come, do you know? <laughs> Just keeping it real. Financially, like really genuinely believe that th there is something about, and this isn't a prosperity message, but, it, but as far as in, you know, come to God and you'll be rich. Like, that's not what we're praying for, we're, but we're praying that God would encounter you. There's something about, about money, about finance, about possessions that reveals our heart. And so we're praying that, that God would come and encounter us in those things. That's why Jesus spoke about money and, and property and finance more than anything else. Because there's something about it that, that, that has a connection to our heart. And so what we're praying for is that God would come and meet us in those places. Restore us in those places. Man, if you, if you don't know, to, or if you haven't got to a place where you can trust God for your, for your future, for your finances, oh my goodness, you're in for a heaven embrace encountering earth. That, that when you get to that place, that you can trust Him. That your future doesn't based on the work of your hands alone. Like that you're not it. Emotionally, spiritually. That in all of them we would know healing and restoration. So much of our world is crying out for help. The next one. Um, direction. That we would... We would um, personally and collectively as Maharingi Vineyard Church um, this, what is, this? is that the wrong one? No. Alright. I'm off track. Um, faith to believe. Why is that there though? That's a different slide. 
I'll let you do that. There we go. Did I? I want faith to believe. Faith to believe and courage to um, engage our doubt. I, you, you know, like for me personally, this, it isn't lost. The irony isn't lost on me knowing my own relationship with, with prayer, that I'm actually the one up here front really championing what it is to, what it is to really press in and commit to a season of prayer. Because my, my own faith journey, it has always been a source of doubt. Like prayer, I've always wrestled with it. I've always got, often it's like that thing of, oh, I've tried everything else. Oh, well, I'll pray. You know, what's the worst that could happen? And so many times it's sort of that challenge of God being so kind and so faithful, meeting me in that place and saying, what if prayer is where we start, not where we end up? Mm. And so, so as we lean into, into a season of prayer, do so with an engagement with our own doubts. Like so much of my own, my, my upbringing, or at least my non-spoken sort of upbringing was that you hid your doubts, certainly in the context of, of church, but, but, but also you, you hid it, you pushed it down, you didn't acknowledge that it was there. And, but, but so often the fruits of that is the disengagement with faith and belief altogether. And yet our doubt is, has, has the opportunity to serve the exact opposite thing, which is what we see in Simon. Like Simon's response there in that, in that scripture was like, oh, Jesus, like we've been working hard all night. Like we, we were out in the deep. We had a go. That's kind of in a way we can hold that. That's, that's our doubt. That's what it looks like to, our, he's just articulating like, okay, you're inviting me into this thing, but I've I feel like I've already been there and nothing's happened. I've ended up empty-handed. I'm really tired. I'm really, we've worked all night and we've got nothing to show for it. That's the doubt. But what Simon models for us is to say, but because you say it, God, I'm going to have another go. And even if this is another go, I still end up empty-handed. I, I, I feel like I'm going to be committed to having another go again. That's what I mean when I say we engage our doubt. Is we, we acknowledge it and then we pray anyway. As well as. You know, we pray in the presence of our doubt. We believe in the presence of our doubt. And I know that you will, your doubt will come up wanting. So now I, there we go, direction. Is that the Holy Spirit one? No, you I don't know, I'm all messed up. <laughs> That's why I don't do PowerPoint. There we go, the Holy Spirit. That the Holy Spirit would lead us into a place of greater love and Christ-likeness. You know, to, um, is Martin Port here? Oh, he's lo- I was gonna, I was just, I'm going to quote or paraphrase the great theologian of Algie's Bay, Martin Port. That idea that I've read, he's, he always said, I've read the end of the book and love wins. Do you know, like, like we engage in the Holy Spirit that he will lead us into a greater love, a greater love that Jesus model love, a greater Christ-likeness, that we pray that for ourselves, we pray that for one another, we pray that for us as a group of people, as followers of Jesus. This next one, that Maharangi Vineyard would, would find a home, 
Now, I said we're going to go deep, and this is, this is the one that more than anything terrifies me and excites me all the same. Like, we, we as Maharangi Vineyard have existed here in this community center for 32 years. We have, we have packed up, we have, we have set up, we've packed up, we've, and, and we've done that, and for the most part, um, it's, it's been really, really good. It's worked really, really well. Um, and for me, I know I've said over years, like, man, why would we, why would we do anything else? This is like, it, you know, it's, we have an incredible culture of, of giving of time and energy. We've got rosters, we've got all this sort of thing. And yet, in the last couple of months, I have had, well, actually, in a, yeah, a few months ago, I had four separate conversations with people who have come up to me and sort of either invited or challenged that I actually think Maharingi Vinyasa for their own time. And that happened in four, from four different people in four different places throughout, throughout New Zealand. Now, I'm not the sharp, sharpest tool in the shed, but I feel like maybe God might be saying something. And so what I'm inviting us to do, and don't freak out, we're not starting a building campaign, but what I'm, I'm not asking you to do, to give money. I'm asking you to do something so much more than that, is I'm asking you to pray. Like, God, is that you? Or, or is that just a coincidence of four things? Of four different people. I'm asking us to pray and to believe that God actually can do anything. To use a gardening term, um, what I'm asking us to do, and particularly this area, is just to sow a seed and start sowing seeds. One thing I know is and the one way to guarantee that you'll never get radishes in your garden is to never sow radish seeds. Like, it's not rocket science. So all I'm asking us to do is to sow a seed, is to pray. God, is this for us? Is this what you have for us? You know, th that a home for Maharingi Vineyard could be a place or it could be a legacy for our children and our children's children. That a home for Maharingi Vineyard could be a place for people to encounter the love and the healing of Jesus. Like a place that they, that, that's there. Monday to Sunday. <laughs> that, that, that it could be a place, a Maharingi Vineyard, a home for Maharingi Vineyard could be a center from which we love and serve our community. Mm. You know, practically, um, Springboard have sold their building and we've got no place for youth in a couple of months. Just kidding, guys. But practically, you're like, we've got, we've got places we need place for our kids. And whatever that means, who knows? Um, the other side of it is I'm on this whole committee. This building is, is slated in the sort of medium-term future to go through incredible engineering and seismic re-strengthening, which will mean it will be closed for a very long time. But, but, the, but oh well, let's sow some seeds. I think for us, well, I was really twisted about this one. Like, I was kind of like, oh, I don't know, God. I think that's why I had to be four different people. Um, but, <laughs> but Angela reminded me, you know, like, we have our own story of being incredibly young, 
I don't even know why we went to an accountant. We had no money. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> we found ourselves in probably her parents' accountant. Um, <laughs> and, he, and we were just talking. We were both, I was, yeah, we were both self-employed. Our children were all really little. And this, this accountant was like, so what are you, basically, what are you doing with your life? <laughs> sort of thing. Um, and he says, I was just up in your area, and I saw, I saw that there were some sections for sale at the end of the street called Will James. You should have a look at it. And so we, th we drove away. Literally, we had nothing. <laughs> nothing. And so, so we drove to the end of Will James. We saw this sign, like a kind of really handwritten sign sort of thing about if you're interested in these sections, write a letter to this address and send it off. And so, so we did that. We did that. Like it was like, it feels like such a waste of paper and ink. Like, so wha what is the point of writing your name down for a section when you have no money? Like, do you hear me? Like, we had no money. We weren't one of those people who say we have no money. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, like, you know, some people say that and you know that. Yeah, anyway. We had probably about $500 in the Anyway, so we, we wrote this letter. This is all just to say, like, this is what God can do. Mm. And so, and we wrote the letter and we forgot about it because it went on for a long time. And then one day we just got this phone call from this guy named Evan Algie saying, hey, your name, you were first on the list for these sections and titles about to come through. We still <laughs> had no money. So, so it was kind of like, oh, and uh, and then he said, oh, and there's a long list of people on the, on well, actually the hundreds, of, hundreds people. of people who signed up, but you're first on the list. So, okay, cool. So again, because we had no money, my thought was to buy one section. I said to him, well, what if we bought two? Could we buy two? And he said, you can take them all if you want. You're first on the list. And so I said, okay. So then we, so we thought, oh, well, if we buy two and sell one, obviously there's a demand, and then the money we profit from the one, we could maybe do that. But we still had nothing. And, and then I knew at the time I was self-employed that I had worked for this guy in Oriwa, done some landscaping for him, that I knew he worked for ASB Bank, the bank that we're, we've been with. And I thought, oh, man, I wonder if I could talk to him again. Why? I had no money. Like, what? Um, and I'm self-employed, and that still was a liability back then and today. And so I was like, oh, God, I'm, you know, I don't want to be that guy that phones up random and, can you help me? I've got no money, but will you give me a mortgage? And anyway, so on Monday morning, this is over the weekend, on Monday morning I get this phone call from this guy saying, Lyndon, I have got such a massive favor to ask you. Like, I know, it's, I know you don't... It's a long way from Walker to Ariwa, but could you please come down? We've had some plants stolen and we need you to replace them. Is that okay? You know, would you, would you be able to do that at some point? I said, why, yes. Yes, I will. <laughs> and while we're on the thing of favors, um, and, and so I just said to him, you know, like, hey, this is where we're at. Like, I don't know what you do at the bank, but could you, you know, maybe? He said, leave it with me. I'll get someone to phone you. What I didn't know is Mr. X, at the time, was the chief lending officer for all of ASB Bank. And every home loan that was signed had his signature on it. And the next day, we had a guy turn up who we never met, come to our home, um, tell us what we, we were kind of at that point, we'd kind of got the section. But it was like, oh, so what do you need? What do you got? Okay, um, leave it with me. And that was it. 
we, we, we got a mortgage with not providing a single stitch of any evidence of our income, <laughs> of any sense of like, like it's unheard of today. Mm. But all that to say, that's all God's inviting us into is to step out in faith, mm. is to step out and say, who knows what can happen? And, and there's no more faith required. And I'm sure all of us have those stories. But all I'm saying is let's bet on faith again. And then finally, um, what we'd love you to do is to lean into and pray for, for the leadership of Maharingi Vineyard. So we've got that new team that we talked about, um, which is ourselves, Niall and Grace. Um, and we've included the kids because... Um, and, and Matt and Lee and Craig and Tammy, um, and, and pray for, for the children as well. And, and then Dej and Tammy and Grace, I know it's a double up, but, you know, that'll be all right, um, and Niall and, and Samuel as well. And, and really pray for them, because for every time that we put our hand up to walk into um, this sort of thing of serving as, as leadership, um, it's, a, it's at a cost. It costs something. And what we can do is pray for those people. And there's so many other leaders that we can't do. But, but like, let's, let's, in this season of time, really lift up and pray, pray for our, our leaders, that they would know, again, that sense of calling, that they would, they would not grow weary in well-doing, that they would be encouraged to know that, that they are here for such a time as this. All of those things of lenses of opportunity. Lennon forgot this one. I don't know how, but um, so I'll go back and do it. But because it kind of ties in just with what I wanted to mm. to finish up with that. I have never felt comfortable just us standing up here and saying this is what we're going to do, and you're all going to come along come along for the ride because we are just two people. Our team is just two, four, six, eight people. Um, what we really, really, really want you to do is personally for yourself, but also collectively for the church, that we would pray together and really seek God on what we're to take a step into. Mm. We so, I totally feel like, and I said it last week and I'll say it again, that in the last few years, and whilst the world has gone crazy in the last couple of years, um, I feel like as a church, and, and man, I'll put our hands up as being largely responsible for that, because of where we've been at, but that we've kind of become quite hidden and it isn't where we want to stay. And so what we're asking, but we also don't want to say we're going to do this because actually, to be honest, I don't know what this is, but I do know that I so believe it's time for us as a church to really reach out into our community and see what God wants to do. And what that looks like, what we're asking for, is that you would pray and ask those same things and feed them back to us. And my, probably if I'm being really honest, which I tend to be, um, my biggest fear is that we will go here and then nothing will happen. And I think it would break my heart, because it's like, well, I, f I so feel a stirring that this is the next season for us, is to, to impact our community, not because we need more things to do because we don't. We've all got really full lives. But because I just so want people to know Jesus 
and I was thinking about it this morning. I was reading an article on, from Hilary Barry about menopause. And um, I was thinking, man, if I hadn't had God in this last season of my life, I actually don't know what I would have done. Um, and so that's what I, I want. I want for everyone to know that place of, it doesn't make your problems go away, but it certainly gives you someone to lean on in those really hard seasons of life. So what we're asking for is that, turn that off, collectively, that we will really discern as a people what God is wanting us to do. That we'll take us together in the season of prayer that we'd hear God collectively on what we take a step into. I so believe it's our season to open up, to open our hearts, open our lives, to look up again, to look out and see what God is wanting us to do. That our community would know us for our love for Jesus. That when they encounter us as individuals, that that's what they'd find. But more, when they would come here, that that's what they would find. That we'd be a place where people can belong before they believe. We're here for a reason. We've been here for a long time. Like 32 years. And there's still people who say, I didn't even know there was a vineyard church. Um, so, and I, I just, yesterday I was thinking about this and there's been many times over our 14 years where I have felt so under-equipped for what we do and like what the heck and especially in these last few years it feels like there's some huge big things big questions big social issues big all of that that would be the one thing that would make me go I'm out it's too hard I can't I can't navigate this and I always come back to, and we have always come back to this, Matthew 16, verse 18, when Jesus says, Now I say to you that you are Peter, which means rock, and upon this rock I will build my church, and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. So for me, that is a verse I have clung to, that we, and everyone who is a part of the team, we don't build the church. Jesus builds the church, and he so has a plan. The local church is the hope of the world and I so believe that and I so cling to that verse when you're feeling kind of overwhelmed by it all so yeah we, we really are excited I feel like we're going to look back in years to come and say you know like we really were made for such a time as this and I am excited to see what the this is and I really do ask that you would in the busyness of your life, in the busyness of your world, so that you would just commit to going deep and seeing what God would do. I just want to finish reading this beautiful poem that relates back to Luke 5. And when Jesus had finished speaking and he said to Simon, put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. So if you want, just close your eyes and listen to this. It's a poem that Joy Cowley wrote. And it's one I've certainly related to. Most of the time, I exist on the surface of life, grateful for the taste of God in everyday experience, but seldom venturing out beyond the shallows. In fact, this intertidal busyness becomes so normal that I forget what deep water can do for the heart. Then guidance speaks through the clamor, gentle but insisting until it is heard. It is time to push out your boat into deep water and drop your net. And my little boat, steered by a hungry heart, leaves the shore of small concerns and goes out to the deep, 
deep waters of silence to drop a net into the unknown. I've forgotten how scary it is out here in the realm of unmeasured stillness. I look at my watch, my hands feel lost, my brain scampers like a mouse in a wheel. But gradually, the net of prayer sinks into that space beyond actions and words, where it is so filled with light and peace that I don't want to return to the shore. Except I know that the shallows and the deep belong to the same great sea of life and I need them both for spiritual health. Wonderful. I think we've got the worship team coming up. And, and what I'd love to do is just um, end this morning just praying. A as we were preparing, I kind of got a sense of particularly... Um, there's words of, of Simon in, in Luke that we read at the beginning. Master, we have worked hard um, all last night and didn't catch a thing. And I, I guess there's just that sense of, for some of us, you know, kind of we've been in this boat before and, and, we've, and we've felt empty-handed. I just really feel like I'd love to pray with you. Um, if, if that's you, kind of that sense of, like, man, I've, I've worked hard and I feel like I've got very little or nothing to show for it. Or, or, or I've, you know, I've gone deep before or, or whatever. Um, it is just that sense of, of um, yeah, these guys are going to play. We're going um, to, well, actually, why don't we all stand? Um, and, I mean, we don't always do it, but I think today... I'd love, if that's, if that's for you, if you'd love someone just to stand with you and pray, um, I'm going to ask that you just come forward.